Welcome into Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Ann Thomas. On this edition, we'll talk to Dr. Bon Nacy, the owner of the Detroit Dental Spa, a new dental office in Corktown's Elton Park that offers a spa experience while going to the dentist. We'll also check in with Claude Molinari, the CEO of Visit Detroit, and a travel expert to talk about the impact of travel on Detroit. The Detroit City Distillery is celebrating nine years in business, so we'll talk with owner Michael Forsyth to help celebrate that accomplishment. And we'll also check in with Laura Graneman, the executive director of the Gilbert Family Foundation, about a historic investment from Dan and Jennifer Gilbert. A great show about what's happening in and around the D. Coming up right after these messages. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here now with Dr. Bon Nacy. Dr. Nacy is a dentist, and she is also a Corktown resident. She started something called the Detroit Dental Spa, and it is open now in Corktown's Elton Park. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So talk to us a little bit about the Detroit Dental Spa. Tell us all about it. Okay, so um, I started basically, uh, I came from Iraq. I'm just going to give you a little history about my, um, um, how I started and how I ended up here in Michigan. Uh, I started, I graduated from Dental School, University of Baghdad College of Dentistry in Iraq in 2003. Uh, then in 2006, I moved to the United States. Uh, uh, and then I had to go through uh, dental school again in order to uh, verify the education, which basically had to go back to uh, uh, New York University College of Dentistry, where I graduated with a DDS uh, degree. Um, I, prac- I, was, uh, I did two years of oral surgery and implants, and um, um, in one year in Mass General, and the other year was in Brooklyn Hospital, in um, Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. And I've been practicing in Jersey for the past seven years. Um, I met my husband, uh, who was uh, born and raised in Detroit, in Jersey, in the East Coast. And then when um, we decided to get married and um, my family also live in Michigan, his family live in Michigan. And then um, during the past three years, we uh, used to come uh, to Detroit for the holidays and we stayed downtown and just fall in love with the city. Um, Just the vibe is amazing. People are nice. You can go and talk to everyone. You meet the different kind of people, not beautiful diversity and very nice culture. So uh, that's when I decided uh, to open my practice in Corktown. Um, I'm a big believer in a foot traffic dentistry, meaning you can just walk to your dentist and you don't have to drive 45 minutes to go to your dentist, basically. And that's great. Get stuck in traffic. Yep. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the Detroit Dental Spa. What does it look like? Okay, so um, Detroit, I mean, I hope one day you can just stop by and see it. So um, uh, the, we have six operatories. We started first with three operatories, and um, we're going to expand probably within six months for the other six operatories. Uh, the concept of it is just to reduce the anxiety of, a pa- of the patient. So the first thing when you walk in, it's not you walk in to 
um, a waiting area with plastic chairs and old magazines. You walk in, there's a couch, there's coffee place, there's music. Um, it, it looks basically like you're walking into your living room, and that will ease on the uh, anxiety on the patient, especially when they walk in first. Um, once you walk in uh, and sit in, your, in, the, in the waiting area, you get checked in, and then when we take you to the operatory side, you can see um, uh, you can see the sterilization room when you're passing. So again, a lot of people have anxiety about the cleanliness of the practices, right? So when you see the sterilization room is state of art, everything is sterilized and clean. People will again, it will ease on the anxiety of the patients. Um, and then you walk into the operatories. We have three operatories. Each operatory has a different color, uh, the chairs. So also, again, uh, it's not the same kind of boring color in each room. Um, we have uh, we're now we are four staff. Uh, we have Jennifer, which is the front, the receptionist slash the manager. Uh, uh, we have our dental assistants, Janice, and our uh, hygienist, Sue, and all of them are local Detroit uh, residents. Um, actually, my hygienist lives across the street, so she just walked in to come to the office. And uh, we open, we're currently opening Monday, Tuesday, and every other Saturday, and we're thinking to expand probably um, by December and open at least four to five days a week. I love the name, Detroit Dental Spa. It kind of gives it a different feel, like your patients are going someplace where they're going to be pampered. Yes, exactly. And that's why I would love for you one day to come in and just see it, because it literally looked like you're, you're in a spa, basically. That's awesome. Now, what type of dentistry is available there? Anything from a regular checkup to surgery? How is that going to work, Dr. Bon Macy? So, so we, yeah, so we basically uh, cover uh, all field, all aspects of dentistry, and um, we're basically starting from examinations, uh, comp- comprehensive evaluations, x-rays, and then depends on what kind of cleaning that the patient requires. It depends if it's deep cleaning or regular cleaning, and then we set up the treatment plan. Um, we'll do, again, um, restorations, whitening if the patients are qualified. A lot of people like that. Um, again, only if they're qualified. Um, and then we'll do uh, crowns, bridges, which is prosthetic, um, uh, cosmetic dentistries, um, uh, surgeries, including impacted wisdom teeth. And um, last one is implant, uh, implant dentistry. And my focus basically the past six years where I practice is on implant dentistry. I just feel like Nobody should walk in with no teeth in their mouth. It's 2023, and the, the, the service is available almost everywhere. And, you know, people that have trouble with their teeth often have trouble with self-esteem. So this is a wonderful concept that you have developed here. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we again, we live in 2023. Everything has to be, people are like, they're, um, their standards are pretty high, especially when it comes to their oral hygiene. So you also have the support of the Suave Real Estate Group, and that's very impressive, too, for the Detroit Dental Spa in Elton Park. Can you talk a little bit about that? So we, um, uh, when I decided to open the, the, the to look for um, the place, the perfect space, the place basically for the Detroit Dental Spa. We saw a couple buildings, couple availability spaces, one in uh, downtown Detroit and one in Midtown. 
And then once I saw um, the old Checker Cab building by Altenburg, I'm like, this is exactly where I want my practice to be. Uh, they've been very helpful uh, throughout the time since we started uh, working with the finalizing the lease and um, all the, um, basically all the documents need to be verified. And up until now, I mean, we actually live upstairs. So obviously we love them a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. So describe Corktown and Elton Park for some of our listeners who may not have paid a visit there at least ever or in quite a while. It's really changing there. It's, it's, uh, it's changing rapidly. Um, Again, I live in New York City for for a long time since I moved to the state, and uh, uh, Corktown gave me the feel of being in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. Um, it's very industrial. Uh, it's a walking distance to everything. If you don't want to walk and you want to go 10 minutes, you don't have to drive. You can just go take the bike. Um, people are, um, you, you basically know whenever you walk in the street, you just say hello to everyone because you almost know the entire neighborhood because people are very uh, warming and uh, they're very welcoming to new neighborhood as well, to new people in their neighborhood. And I also love the quote from Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan that he is very glad to see the Detroit Dental Spa come to Corktown. He says it's essential Detroiters have access to quality health care right here in their own neighborhoods, including dental health. And he is thanking you for doing this for the city of Detroit. So it sounds like you're getting very positive reaction to the Detroit Dental Spa. Yes, and we're excited to be part of the community as well. Dr. Bon Nacy is a Corktown resident, and she is the owner of the Detroit Dental Spa. It's a full-service dental office. It's located in Corktown's Elton Park. And, Doctor, we are definitely going to stop by and pay you a visit. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your call. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage, the U.S. Travel Association's Travel Works for America national tour recently paid a visit to Detroit to talk about the impact of travel on the city, the surrounding area, and the state of Michigan. We have two great guests joining us today to talk about it. Jeff Freeman, President and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, and Claude Molinari, President and CEO of Visit Detroit. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thanks, Anne. And Jeff, I want to start with you. Talk to us a little bit about your findings about the great city of Detroit, the surrounding area, and the state of Michigan. Well, it's amazing to learn just how important travel is to the state of Michigan. About $24 billion in spend just in 2021 alone, 300,000 jobs across this state. Just in Detroit, more than a billion dollars in tax revenue directly tied back to travel. So the industry is incredibly important to Michigan. It's the third biggest industry in the state, and many wouldn't know that. But I think we all saw during the pandemic what happens when travel goes away, how, how communities suffer, obviously how tax rolls decline, how important it is that we keep this industry robust. And that's why we're here with Claude, with the great people from Visit Detroit, to talk about the important steps that need to be taken to ensure that travel is robust in Detroit, in Michigan, and nationwide. Claude, these numbers must make you smile. 
Oh, certainly they do, and uh, and but we're going to build on that. You know, if De- if Detroit's tourism economy was a vehicle, it would be one of the top telling, selling vehicles in the United States. Like, there's billions of dollars here, and and when we can showcase what an incredible place this is to work, live, play, it just builds on. Detroit's momentum, you know, as an up-and-coming city that is growing. And, again, our tourism economy is enormous. Putting people to work, that's one of the critical missions that we take very seriously. Now, Jeff, you mentioned steps that need to be taken to become even better in the travel industry. Can you talk a little bit about some of the steps that do need to be taken? Yeah, I think all too often we think that travel will just happen, tourism will happen, people will move about. But the truth is, and we all open the paper or, or watch TV, we see the hassle factor with travel. We see what's going on with too many flights delayed or canceled. We see how difficult it is to get a passport. We probably know how difficult it is for many foreign travelers to get into the country. They just want to come, spend their money, and leave with a better impression. We have to address these underlying issues. Travel is, is a path of least resistance business. So how do we build a system that is more efficient, that is more traveler-friendly? How do we fix the FAA to give people an air travel system that they can count on? A lot of issues, particularly at the federal level, where the government is failing the traveler. They're not making the investments they need to make to give, we think, everybody an experience they can count on, the experience they deserve. And that's one of the things that we're most vocal about. Now, Claude, what are some of your thoughts with regard to what Jeff is saying? Well, it's, he, I 100% agree with Mr. Freeman. I mean, he's uh, got his finger on the pulse of it. I mean, right now, to get a visa to travel to the United States is extremely difficult. You may wait more than a year to come and visit. And again, it shouldn't be this hard to spend your money in the United States of America. And certainly, you know, as I'm talking to you now live from the Riverwalk on the Detroit River, the number one Riverwalk in the United States for three years in a row, we've got to get that message out there. So, you know, the funding of Pure Michigan and getting our, 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 um, our state on the map as far as uh, being advertised across the nation, across the world, that's also critical. So, you know, I call on our legislators to uh, look at our funding for Travel Michigan because that's going to be critically important because it doesn't matter how many great things we do here, if we're not getting the word out there, people aren't going to know. You know, Claude, that is so true. And recently the funding was cut. So what can be done about that to convince lawmakers that that's not such a great idea? Well, I think, uh, you know, Jeff Freeman and the U.S. Travel Association's coming to Detroit to highlight just how important travel is. And, you know, are speaking with you right now. I mean, we're doing our best. And, you know, I, I always joke there's a lot of legislators in Lansing who are going to put a restraining order against me because we're spending so much time lobbying up there. But it's just so critically important. And, you know, when you see, um, you know, even on TV, you can't turn on the news without, you know, the three big um, – lawyers in town being on there constantly you know there's an roi there when you advertise it works and and you know pure michigan every dollar put into pure michigan translates to eleven dollars in return on investment so it's critically important that we recognize that and that we build that up and you know jeff you travel all over the country so you know that claude's right about this it's a competition, right? If Michigan decides it doesn't want to invest, that's fine. Wisconsin's going to. Ohio's going to. Uh, neighboring communities are going to. And, and if you're willing to let them steal your business, they're happy to do it. 
The same is true for the United States. If we don't make it compelling, other countries will. Canada right now is eating our lunch in some respects. Uh, you see European countries that are waiving visa requirements for specific travelers. It's a competition. And what we can't do as a country, as a state, as an individual destination is rest on our laurels. You've got to constantly make that investment. And, but we've also got to make a promise to the to taxpayers and others. There's an ROI with that investment. It comes with people spending more money in these communities, driving greater tax revenue, funding parks. Claude mentioned we're down at the Riverwalk today. This is what happens when you promote travel. You're able to make investments like this, and that's something we're so proud of. Jeff Freeman, the president and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association. I mean, you're all over the country. What do you think about Detroit and the surrounding area and the state of Michigan as a travel destination? You know, I've been coming to Detroit for a long time and obviously read and saw the stories about Detroit's demise. It is so wonderful to see Detroit on an upswing. It's so wonderful to see that this is a city that's going places. You see the collaborative efforts that have taken place to develop new destinations in the city. This is an exciting place to be. There's a buzz about Detroit. We hear it around the country. More meetings and and conferences, looking at uh, locating their events here in Detroit. That's something to be excited about. You've even got a football team for the first time in how many ever decades (laughs) people are excited about. So these are good times. (laughs) Claude, talk a little bit about what Jeff is mentioning with regard to all of the big events coming to the city. The Detroit Auto Show, for example, starts in just a few days. No doubt. And, that, and you know, the Detroit Auto Show is in a transformation period, but it is still going to be a spectacular event. And, you know, even the fact that uh, U.S. Travel Association is here this week, that's yes. a legitimizer of our destination. You know, coming into, coming into early 24, when we hold the NFL draft, we're going to have upwards of half a million people descending on our city. And we always say, if we can get them here, we'll get them here. It's going to be such an advertisement for our destination moving forward. And when we host a spectacular event, that's going to make a big difference moving forward. So all of these things, it's like a virtuous circle. The more good things you're getting, the more they're going to come back. When people have success, they want to be part of that. We're building up a FOMO. You know, we've got some shows with uh, European clients who are coming here. We're um, breaking some news here. We're about to announce soon that we're going to host one of the largest drone show in the world in a, in a, in a future year. So we've really got a lot of momentum, and we have to keep – while we're riding this wave, though, we have to keep going. We have to be strong with it. And, again, that's why I'm such an advocate for – Uh, protecting the budget for Pure Michigan and Travel Michigan because that is going to be critical in building a momentum that's going to make Detroit a great destination. Jeff Freeman, before I let you go, President and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, do you have the ear of the U.S. government? Do you think you will be able to get some changes to make travel easier, a better experience for those of us who love to travel? Yeah, the beauty of travel is it's a bipartisan issue. Uh, Republicans and Democrats both experience this industry. They both want to see improvements. Uh, That said, Washington is about as dysfunctional today as it's ever been. So our focus is that we need to make to fund the FAA to make the biggest investments. We're working hard to do that. Uh, From the president on down, we've had very important conversations about these issues. Uh, But we've got work to do. And I think think your listeners, I think the traveling public needs to be outspoken, needs to demand more from their legislators. These are tangible issues that they can get out there and fix. And we need to make sure that they do that. 
Jeff Freeman, President and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, and Claude Molinari, President and CEO of Visit Detroit. Thank you so much for your time today, and I hope you both have a great day. Thank you, Anne. Coming up next on Opportunity Detroit, the Detroit City Distillery, a very popular bourbon spot in Detroit, is celebrating nine years in business. We'll check in with the co-owner right after these messages. It's time to raise your glass and celebrate the fact that the Detroit City Distillery has been open for business in Detroit for nine years. Joining us now to talk about this and his successful business is Michael Forsythe, the co-owner of the Detroit City Distillery. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, Anne. Thanks for having us. So let's talk just a little bit about how you got started with the Detroit City Distillery. Nine years is very impressive. Yeah, thanks. So the way Detroit City Distillery got started actually goes way, way back. There's eight owners. I've known all of them, uh, with the exception of one, since three years old. Oh, wow. So uh, we all grew up in a little country town, Bath, Michigan. And uh, long story short, we started making uh, alcohol at a very early age when our uh, beer supplier was in town. And it Fun into this dream, uh, you know, to open a brewery was the dream at the time. Um, but we decided uh, to go a different route, open a distillery instead. And, you know, after all these years, it still kind of seems like a dream to me. I get to make really good craft bourbon and vodka and gin with my best friends every day. Not a bad life. Not so, a bad life at all. That's incredible. I didn't know that best friends were all part of this business. That's really nice. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's a kind of a family atmosphere at DCD. So, you know, the employees play into that. Um, all the fans, you know, I, I don't really think of them as customers. Um, you know, I really kind of think of them as part of the fan because, you know, if you think about it, small business is just people. Like, that is small business, and, you know, whether you're doing it day-to-day or you're supporting it on the back end, you know, it's everybody makes it possible. So it's just kind of one big family atmosphere, and usually it makes for quite a good time uh, <laughs> with Detroit City Distillery. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about the product. What can they yep. find at Detroit City Distillery? Yeah, so we're really well-known for our whiskey, and we make... Uh, a few different whiskeys. We make butcher's cut bourbon, uh, four grain bourbon, and homegrown rye whiskey. And uh, we have won back-to-back double gold medals at the World Spirits Competition the past two years in a row for the butcher's cut bourbon and the homegrown rye. And uh, four grain won gold twice as well. It's basically like sweeping the whiskey Olympics. (laughs) We we are one of seven bourbons in the country um, that have done this two years in a row. We beat out many of the biggest names in Kentucky bourbon. Uh, Rye is one of two ryes in the world to win back-to-back double gold. So, you know, whiskey is really what we're known for. Um, We make a lot of other really great products, uh, vodka, a lot of different gins. Um, And then, you know, of course, you know, we're making a lot of great cocktails over here to feature the spirits we make from scratch. So all made here from scratch, right in the heart of the city, over in Eastern Market. 
Did you guys get started in somebody's basement? You talk about getting started, you know, a bunch of best friends. Did you start in somebody's basement? How did you get going? Yeah, hopefully my mom is not listening to this, but basically <laughs> what happened was, right, so like beer supply moves out of town. The internet had just been invented, so me being the bad one out of the group, I went online to figure out how to make alcohol. And, you know, we were a bunch of, you know, little punk country kids. And so this was uh, white grape juice, yeast, and sugar, and I combined all the ingredients in this bottle, and I stuck it under my bed. And uh, it did actually work in two weeks, but the problem was it exploded all over my room. Because, you know, when yeast breaks down sugar, there's like, you know, a chemical reaction that occurs, CO2 is released, heat is produced, and if it's got nowhere to go, it goes boom. So um, that that was the story of the very first batch of, uh, we called it the brew uh, back in the day, um, but we've we've grown up. We've we've come a long way from making you know basically you know country hooch under our beds to winning double gold at the World Spirits Competition. You know, beating out the likes of Four Roses and Maker's Mark and Woodford um, and the big names. So, you know, every business has to start somewhere. Right. Um, you know, I think we just turned nine years old. You know, so, um, you know, so just a, a journey. It's kind of fun, you know, looking back and seeing where it's going. What have been some of the challenges along the way? Well, you know, the past few years have been challenging in good and bad ways with COVID, right? Um, like everyone had to figure out how to pivot to the new realities. Right. Um, we made 25,000 gallons of hand sanitizer very early in the pandemic and was you know, supplying the state of Michigan Emergency Operations Center and DMC and DTE and the city, you know, lots and lots of folks, you know, that was quick and we were nimble. And the cool thing, you know, like in Detroit, when those sorts of things happen, like, you know, you're expected to step up and you do It's kind of the Detroit way. That's right. You know, and then we had to figure out how to operate our bar because we couldn't do it inside. So we moved it out onto the street. We created this amazing street patio, like one of the biggest, coolest um, drinking experiences, I think, in the city, tucked away on our little street in Easter Market. And, you know, we've had to kind of shift focuses, right? Like, you know, as we've kind of grown up, we've put more emphasis in getting our product in more places out in the world, you know, grocery stores, liquor stores, chains, bars, restaurants, um, so, you know, people can experience Detroit City you know, all over the state of Michigan, um, e-commerce, you know, we've had to do that, you know, more and more, which has been, been a fun thing. So, you know, just always trying to adapt and evolve, you know, and always get better. You know, I think that's the, one of the biggest challenges with, you know, manufacturers who make things from scratch and, you know, us, you know, playing in the bourbon world, you're going against some of the biggest brands and huge global businesses. And, you know, it's just always working harder and using the best ingredients and making it the best way you, you know how and, you know, kind of growing up and being patient, um, but fighting for everything you get. So it's a fun Detroit startup story, I think. Mm-hmm, yes. I think it's one that'll be around for a good long time. And uh, it's a cool way for people to kind of experience, you know, the city that's known for making things, you know, our thing is whiskey um, and craft spirits. So it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun product and it's a, 
fun place to do it in here in Detroit. And you also recognize the value of marketing. You just had a big party to celebrate nine years, Michael Forsyth. Yep, we just had our nine-year birthday. Um, still maybe feeling it a little bit from that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's important to, like, celebrate you know, birthdays as milestones, you know, we typically are very kind of reserved. We don't like to brag, but this year we put out what we call the back-to-back birthday blend. So it's a limited edition um, bottle of bourbon named after our back-to-back double gold wins at the World Spirits Competition. So we kind of had to give ourselves a little shine. All this hard work grinding away for nine years felt like time to brag a little bit. It was kind of a fun little bad boys kind of play in the packaging and all that. So a lot of fun, a lot of cocktails, a lot of whiskey tastings over here out on the street and inside our tasting room. Yeah, but, you know, it's also cool. You know, we're on Riopelle Street, and, you know, you look over on our block, our neighbor, Henry the Hatter's, 130 years old this year. Wow. So, I mean, <laughs> nine years is, it feels like forever, but no time at all. Um, but then you look to some of the kind of institutions in the city and, you know, there's a, there's a long ways to go, right. many things to do. But it gives you a lot of hope. Yeah, absolutely. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, DetroitCityDistillery.com, um, you know, all of the, all the good news is on the website. Uh, you can book tours. You can learn about events. We have a really cool event space over at our whiskey factory. We also do tours over there. Um, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, all the social medias are always great. Um, or, you know, just stop into the bar and come talk to us and say hi. We're, we're always here over here grinding away, um, having fun, hanging out with uh, the friends and family. So come by anytime. Michael Forsyth, co-owner of the Detroit City Distillery. Happy birthday and thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Anne. Appreciate it. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Coming up next, the Detroit Auto Show comes to town later this week. We'll check in with the vice chairman to see if they're ready for the big event. Recently, the Gilbert Family Foundation announced a historic $375 million investment that brings the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab to Detroit and funds the Nick Gilbert Neurofibromatosis Research Institute. This is a partnership with Henry Ford Health, and Laura Graneman, the executive director of the Gilbert Family Foundation, is here to tell us all about it. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Anne. I'm happy to be here. So talk about this investment. Wow, isn't this great for everyone involved? Absolutely. You know, we we know that one in four adults over the age of 25 will have a stroke at some point in their life. Um, And unfortunately, the same uh, fact was true for Dan. He had a stroke about four and a half years ago and was lucky enough to get access to some of the best care in the world at Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. Um, While he was there, he, of course, had a fantastic experience with the practitioners, with the nurses, Um, the staff, with other patients there. And uh, his biggest response coming out of that experience, which was extremely difficult, was how can I use this experience to help uh, the city of Detroit and the Detroiters who unfortunately are at even higher risk because of some um, high underlying conditions like hypertension um, that exist here within the Detroit community. And, you know, I've heard of a lot of people that have gone to Chicago 
to this Shirley Ryan lab, the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. So isn't it great that it's going to be here in Detroit and people won't have to travel anymore? That's right. It makes a huge difference for people who are sometimes don't have the means to travel or who don't have that foundation uh, of home, really, to be able to travel to Chicago to get uh, inpatient services, right? It's so important to be able to be here in your home city receiving world-class care um, for folks who either don't have the means financially or for any other reason to be able to make it all the way to Chicago. This is going to be a game-changing investment for the city of Detroit, for Detroit residents, and for our entire region. The other game-changing investment has everything to do with Nick Gilbert. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's very cool, too. Yes. So as you know, Anne, unfortunately, Nick Gilbert, um, the son of Dan and Jennifer Gilbert, passed away at the age of 26 back in May of this year. And similarly, you know, the the Gilbert family had, of course, a really difficult experience uh, managing Nick's care, navigating the many difficult systems that come with that. Um, He had neurofibromatosis, which is a genetic disorder that causes spontaneous tumors to grow on nerve systems throughout the body. Um, This does affect about one in 2,000 people across the the country and the world. Um, And so it's, you know, really important to the Gilberts that they had this very difficult experience. They're going to turn around now, though, and try to make sure that the next person who is going through the NF journey has a little bit easier experience. Um, The goal here is to create the Nick Gilbert Neurofibromatosis Research Institute in in partnership with Henry Ford Health and MSU. Um, It will exist within the expanded Henry Ford campus up in New Center. And this research institute is going to, again, be a game-changing investment for the city of Detroit because it will bring researchers from around the world to focus on finding a cure for neurofibromatosis. The tools that they will be using will actually help to increase personalized medical care. So it will be focused primarily on neurofibromatosis, but we'll also be working in partnership with Henry Ford Health so that as patients come through Henry Ford Health, we can work at the Nick Gilbert Neurofibromatosis Research Institute and help create personalized treatment plans for patients that are coming through that uh, health system. So this is a really exciting investment on multiple fronts. One, patient care. Two, neurofibromatosis. We are working every day to, to try to find an end to neurofibromatosis. And three, this is going to be an economic opportunity for the city of Detroit to really put us on the map as a world-class city for medical research and medical care. And you know, it's so interesting, you're starting to hear talk about something called organoids. I'd never even heard of organoids before this announcement. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about that? Wow. I can. I can. Um, I wouldn't have been able to about six months ago, but I can. Um, And what they are, it's a really incredible uh, medical phenomenon. And I would encourage anyone who's interested to do some Googling and jump down that rabbit hole. Um, But organoids are essentially little organs that are grown in a dish. Um, So you can actually take patient genetic material from a healthy tissue and from a tissue that has a tumor in it. And you can uh, then regrow that patient organ right in a dish. And by doing that, it allows you to rapidly test treatment options on that patient tissue. 
This is what I mean when I say personalized medical care, because what works for one person may not work for another person as effectively, right? So what we can see by testing really rapidly these different treatments on organoids is what is going to be the most effective treatment pathway for that individual? Um, What is going to help to fight a tumor, but not actually negatively impact the healthy tissue of that individual? Um, So this is, again, just a really exciting um, new development in the medical field, and we're thrilled to be able to bring it here to the city of Detroit. So what you're saying, Laura, is that this will help with other tumors, other diseases, too, down the road. It, it absolutely can and will. And while um, the Nick Gilbert Neurofibromatosis Research Institute, again, is going to be primarily focused on curing neurofibromatosis, this will offer a whole set of opportunities for Henry Ford Health and MSU um, and patients who are visiting this campus. Such a great story. This is incredible. So as the executive director of the Gilbert Family Foundation, this has to be so rewarding for you to be able to be involved in something where out of incredible tragedy, the Gilbert family continues to do amazing and wonderful things for the city of Detroit, Laura Graneman. It is. Um, it's, it's been really um, the honor of my life to be able to be part of something like this uh, that is you know, so personal to Dan and Jennifer and their family, while also being able to create new opportunities and help improve the lives of Detroit residents. Because as Dan and Jennifer say, Detroit deserves the best. Um, And while they, you know, because they are able to access the best resources, uh, you know, out there, they have been able to navigate some of these systems, but even they have had challenges, right? And so they know how difficult medical issues can be. They want to make sure that Detroit residents have as smooth a time as possible accessing critical care when they need it most. That's wonderful. It's all about helping others. Now, when will we see the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab actually be part of the city and the same thing with the Nick Gilbert Neurofibromatosis Research Institute? Both organizations will be part of the Henry Ford Health expansion. Um, The Shirley Ryan Ability Lab will be housed within the Henry Ford Health new hospital tower, uh, which is expected to open in 2029. And the Nick Gilbert Neurofibromatosis Research Institute will be embedded into the Henry Ford Health and MSU research building, which is expected to open in 2027. Um, So very excited for um, all the work that will lead to that over the next couple of years. Laura Graneman, Executive Director of the Gilbert Family Foundation. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you, Anne. And I'm Ann Thomas. Thanks for listening to Opportunity Detroit. Enjoy the rest of your day.